You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. For us, it's a band we don't really tour. Like, um, as you say, very serious about churning out regular music, which we're probably quite quick at doing. But in terms of, like, playing live, I mean, it's kind of like... Touring's cool, but for me, the passion really lies with making, creating music and just putting releases out. And I think if it was like a more straightforward kind of like type of music to play and we were all closer together and things like we would play a lot more than we do. But I think at the moment, especially like you said, everything that's going on, it it puts a strain on being able to do that. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I would just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to write a review about the podcast. If you were to take just a few moments to write a review, it might just sway someone's decision to become a new Vox and Hopset, and that would be something that I would truly appreciate. You have to imagine that when someone is looking for a new podcast to listen to, what do they do? They scroll down, they read the reviews, and if those reviews say that the podcast is amazing and talks about metal and talks about craft beer and they love those things, well, they might just give the podcast a chance. So if you were to take a few minutes to write a review, I would really, really appreciate that. Now, today on the podcast, I'm joined by Alex Bailey of Cognizance. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 342. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm with Alex Bailey of Cognizance. Alex, how are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you, my friend. How are you? Very good. It's nice to see you again. We were chatting just before we started recording, um, talking about how we have met each other before. Uh, I knew I was speaking to a member of Cognizance. I didn't know which member, but I was happy when I saw it was you because we first met each other uh, in the very beautiful, very nice backstage uh, upstairs in the Temple of Boom in Leeds. Uh, And then you reminded me that we actually hung out a few other times after that. So, uh, very nice to see you again. Not as luxury as the backstage at Temple of Boom, <laughs> let's put it that way. Five stars, baby. I'm, make, I'm making fun of it, but I know that it's a very, very important uh, venue, and it is a very, very cool place. And I'm not making fun of it in the sense, in a mean way, I'm just, it wasn't the tidiest of places. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great show, though. I loved it. And that's what it's all about. It was fun, and uh, I've spoken about it quite a bit, too, because I've been on the the headbangers podcast i don't know if you know those two young chaps from leeds uh that have a podcast uh, about metal and they tend to drink some beer too as well so i've been a guest on it a few times and uh, they were at that show as well so small world of metal heads from across the globe hanging out again let's jump straight into the thick of it uh the shittiest question of the day the question that most interviewers kick things off with to you know find a pacing and see how this conversation is going to go how have you coped with the glorious years, plural, of 2020, 2021, and most certainly, hopefully not, most of 2022, uh, how did you cope with these glorious times of uncertainty? 
Uh, well, I guess, you know, it's meant spending a lot of time at home, but I like to spend a lot of time at home anyway. So for me, having like a normal kind of day job, like a corporate office job, the biggest shift was a case of like working from home all the time, which, you know, at the start was kind of weird and then you get used to it. But other than that, it's just been a case of more time to just relax and, and play guitar and just kind of nerd out over that stuff. So besides being able to go on a holiday or vacation, if you will, um, I wouldn't say there's been like a massive amount of, of change. You know, I am, everyone in the family has been, been healthy and well. So for me personally, I can't massively complain about it, really, I wouldn't say. That's a good thing. That's a, that's a very positive way of approaching things. And a lot of musicians tend to be introverts. And then we sort of have to push ourselves because when you're a musician, you know, the, when you start playing, there's always the aspiration of going further and getting on stage and performing which is a very extroverted thing. So, so it's funny how a lot of, we're, we're very, we love being in our own little bubbles and being happy, staying inside, but yet to do what we love, we have to go outside. I think it's a, a strange paradox or a strange, whatever the word is. Yeah, no, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's interesting. Uh, let's dance straight into it. Uh, Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. Uh, what are you going to be drinking on your side today that we, we will be sharing virtually? Well, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. So we've we've got some classic H2O. Ooh. Okay, nothing too fancy. But the wild card is the kefir and coffee drink. So my stomach's feeling a little bit delicate today. Um, so I need to line it with some like gut-friendly bacteria. And uh, I mean, who doesn't love coffee? So that's that's kind of my middle ground here today. Not not a big drinker, so uh, I, I knew that this would be coming up. So I prepped myself with something a little different. Excellent. So what what is a kefir coffee drink? What uh, explain that to more in case I don't know much about it. So maybe some of my listeners don't. Either. So this seems to be like a bit of a kick for it over here at the moment. So certainly, like gut health is like big thing in the uk or at least in europe anyway and like i think kefir so let's have a look so it's full of like gut friendly bacteria and then this is like a coffee flavored variant of it so i've never tried it before so let's let's pop the top amazing i while you do that i'll introduce the beer that i will be drinking that uh, might upset my gut and i'll explain that in a second uh this is chester from uh, le bazao micro brasserie uh, super cool. Uh, they, they're, they're going hard on the steampunk uh, branding on all of their stuff. This is actually a non-alcoholic beer uh, because we are recording this during my sober February. And when I do sober February, I actually do not drink. Uh, but I do still enjoy a lot of craft beers. And Le Bazal Micro Brasserie actually make the best, best stuff that's going on here in Montreal, here in Quebec at the moment. Uh, it is brewed out of Saint-Buck, which is a classic uh, craft beer bar craft beer pub a tap room here in montreal on saint denise street and throughout the pandemic they had to completely reimagine their business plan and reimagine uh, how to how to stay alive so they started making non-alcoholic beer and uh, they're killing it so this is actually a uh, berliner weiss uh, smoothie sour berliner rice uh, with cassis which is black currants uh, in it so it's going to be thick juicy it's going to have a gorgeous color and there's a little bit of lactose in it as some of the most of their beers tend to have which upsets my gut. So uh, as you make your gut feel better, 
in about an hour and a half, mine might not feel so good. But honestly, honestly, the other ones that I've had from this did not affect my gut at all. So I'm joking. Uh, killer. So, so tell me, how, how, do, how is that coffee-flavored uh, kefir drink? Well, it's definitely got a coffee aroma to it, Matt. But uh, the taste, it's kind of like... Well, let me take another sip, but... It's kind of like a sour coffee. I think it's the only way that I can put it. Not like an unpleasant sour taste to it, but... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a strange mixture. Like you say, you, you feel you're drinking a normal cold brew and then bam, you try it and it's something totally different. But hopefully it'll work its magic on my gut. And it'll make you feel real good. Uh, this poured out just beautiful, like great grape juice, basically. Just gorgeous. And I can smell the fruit from here. Um, really cool smoothie sours are going on. It's basically like a sour-based beer that they pump with a bunch of fruit puree. Love what they're doing. Cheers. Thank you for hanging out for me a bit. Cheers. Thank you for having me. Ooh, the fruit, amazing. It's tart, juicy. Um, mouth feels amazing. So good. Uh, really, the Bazal makes the best non-alcoholic beers. They've been keeping me strong all month long. Uh, let's dance into beer. You say you're not much of a drinker. I always um, enjoy speaking to people from the UK specifically because I know that drinking is such a big part of the culture of being a a a strong strapping <laughs> lad in the UK. Yeah. It's, it's, I, it's extremely important. And then when I have conversations with people that tend to not drink from there, it always, I'm curious about it, such as Chris from a uh, party Canada that I just had on recently. Uh, so, so talk, talk to me about your first beer. Do you remember the first beer they ever had? Yeah, I do remember my first beer. So, um, I'm trying to think what age I will have been. I think maybe like 12 or something like that, I would say. So there was like where we used to live, um, there was like a street party over the road and I was friends with a few kids there and one of the uh, the guy's dads had bought us some of the mini Budweiser's. The and stubby, I remember the having stubby ones there? Uh, like Yeah, like a little stubby bottle. I don't think they do them anymore. No, no, no. Um, probably because, you know, a bunch of 12-year-old lads like myself <laughs> are trying them. But yeah, that, that was my first one. And I definitely had like a bit of a... Uh, it was one of those things where you, you felt like you looked cool drinking it. And deep down, I could not stand the taste. And there was definitely a lot of like, when no one was looking, I'd just pour a little bit out. I'm like, oh, look, I've finished another one. But... Uh, that was definitely, yeah, that was my first beer for sure. <laughs> so you never really got into the, the culture of drinking the way that it's expected of you in the UK. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is expected of us. We're, we're big boozers in the UK and we definitely get a, a reputation for that. So like you go abroad somewhere, like if there's like a party destination in Europe and it's just full of like boozed up Brits, just like... <laughs> You know, embarrassing us, fighting, scrapping, you know, all of that stuff. But like growing up, neither of my parents were, were drinkers, um, like barely ever. My parents were both like big coffee drinkers. So I got into coffee at, at an early age. And then like I've always had a bit of a bad stomach and certainly alcohol is like fled, particularly beer. So I really like, you know, mixes, really basic stuff like a rum and coke, a vodka and coke, uh, Southern Comfort lemonade. Um, like when we went to Poland, I brought back some really nice vodka from there and I, I could enjoy that. But for most of the time, like I just never really found a drink that I enjoyed just kind of 
chugging away at like and just a casual thing to have and the feeling of getting drunk also didn't really give me much of a buzz you know like when I was at university I'd I wouldn't really be a party or, or anything like that so it's just uh, you know I'll casually drink when I go out now and again but like it's it's more of a, a rarity than a kind of a common thing for me I would say. Have you ever looked into if you're allergic to yeast? That's probably a strong possibility. So like I could drink, I could have, when I say a lot of spirits, I don't mean a lot, but like a lot for me and feel okay the next day if I have like, you know, a load of water before bed. But if I have like a a few beers or God forbid a few pints, the next morning I will feel so sick. Like I won't be able to do anything. Um, and it's usually one of those where it's, uh, you have a few beers, I'll wake up in the night and want to, want to throw up. So yeah, I've always had it. Maybe I should check it out, but because the taste of beer doesn't really do it for me. And I, that's probably sacrilegious saying on this podcast, no, 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 but, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I never thought, well, it's just one of those things I'll probably leave alone um, to, to one side. I mean, I might have a, a little beer um, anytime soon, but yeah, it just, just doesn't always really do it for me that much, to be honest with you. It's perfectly fine, and, and it's important to be you and to, to know you got to feel good. If it doesn't make you feel good, why yeah. would you do it? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people, you know, who just kind of succumb to peer pressure, um, and especially especially in the UK, like there's, when you're younger, there's absolutely a lot of that, um, and, you know, the classic things thrown out there is, oh, come on, don't be boring, and all of this stuff, and you're like, at the end of the day, it's just a it's just a drink you know it's not a big deal so you kind of get used to that but yeah there's it's a a weird fact when people find out you either don't drink or you're not much of a drinker because like you say it's such a everyday thing here you know you go to the pub you you grab a pint yeah it's it's like you finish work a lot it's really like the lifestyle from what i've spoken to other people it's the lifestyle a lot of people just it's what they do you go to work you finish work you go to the pub you have a pint and then you go home and have supper or you eat at the pub even. Yeah, exactly. That that's that's it. It's um you know, go go work at the mines for a little bit, then go to the, the pub with the boys afterwards and then be back in time for tea. Exactly. <laughs> that kind of thing. But yeah, like that that lifestyle is never never really kinda resonated with me. But you know, a trip to the pub now again is is always fun. You you'll always meet some characters in there, so <laughs> not knocking that. How did you get through high school? Um, in this mentality, you mentioned that there was a peer pressure. Um, I imagine, which is what I would have done, which is what I did, but in a different aspect of things, you probably surrounded yourself with like-minded people that didn't give a fuck about drinking and probably wanted to play guitar or something. Yeah, there was definitely a bit of that, but there was also in high school, you know, like I think it was a part of me realizing that it wasn't for me there was plenty of times where i i had gone out and and got drunk or we'd acquired some some booze from somewhere so like a friday night it might be um we might have got like a big bottle of cider or something like that and slurped that and again when no one was looking i'd pour a little (laughs) bit away just to show how macho i was getting through it but um yeah so like i don't think it bothered me so much then and when I kind of went through like college and then certainly at university when you're 
you know, that's meant to be a time for partying. I was quite ill with my, my stomach then. That was definitely when it was its worst. So I had like a, a pretty good alibi as to why I wasn't drinking. And um, that by that point anyway, you've kind of like found your personality and your identity a little bit more. And you, if that's not you, you should be in a place to just say, no, that that's not for me. So it's never really been a problem. Like a few of my friends, you know, when we were younger, be maybe a bit disappointed and feel like I wasn't joining in. But you know, after a while, like that's just Alex. He can still have a good time, pour over people, beers or whatever. He doesn't have to partake, you know. Plus, he can drive us home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, these days I'm I'm still usually the role of Des, the the designated driver, which is fine by me as long as no one touches the stereo. You know. <laughs> Amazing. Speaking of music, uh, let's jump into the soundtrack of your youth. When you were growing up in your parents' or guardians' house, what music was playing? When you were not in control of the music, what music did your parents or guardians listen to? Uh, so my mum was never really big into music, whereas my dad really was and, and still is very into music. So I guess my earliest memories is probably dancing around the um the dining room to the wayne's world soundtrack really so that's cool uh, yeah i remember that and in terms of like a band that was like a reoccurring soundtrack to growing up that you then kind of grow into loving was was rush mm, absolutely Canadian, was yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, a fine export in a lovely country um that was, you know, my dad's like a hardcore Rush fan. And when I, when you're young, it's kind of like, I, I don't know, it wasn't something that I was, it's not, it wasn't as if like, oh, I'd like this or I don't like this. You were just used to hearing it. And then when you grow up and you kind of like understand it a little bit, I was like, no, nah, this is actually, these guys are incredible, you know, like, and it definitely planted the seeds for me kind of, enjoying more kind of complex music um so rush is one that i remember vividly my dad a lot of u2 as well u2 you know some okay songs but not maybe not so much for me um and yeah they, they were the ones that i remember that were were in the house the most and as well maybe a maybe a james bond soundtrack was played quite a lot like my dad's big into films so there was there was a lot of movie soundtracks and then kind of from from then i started to like discover my own taste in music and the bands that i started to take an interest in mm. wayne's world so important back in the day that alice cooper the whole live performance of alice cooper was amazing yeah i i mean i just remember the classics of him you know going into the guitar store and you know the, the sign and is it is it like a white stratocaster i think it is yes. the, the, yeah something like that I, I yeah i remember that vividly i've not seen it in a very very long time i probably should but remember <laughs> it's a classic how about your first shows your your first live music experience the first show that you went to go see yeah so the first one i went to go see often blows people's minds because like Thinking back, it was it was pretty it was pretty special. So we were on a holiday in Florida, and I saw the Project Revolution tour. Do you remember that? No, is that a, like a shred thing? Uh, no. So basically, I don't know what band it was that that was kind of their tour, but the lineup was. Uh, 
Linkin Park were headlining. Then you had Snoop Dogg. Then you had Corn. I was there for Corn. There's a big Corn guy. Uh, Less than Jake, The Used, and Funeral for a Friend. And that was at the West Palm Beach Amphitheater. And that was the first gig that I'd ever been to. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty spectacular. Hell yes, corn corn was one of my first big shows, where whether it was like yeah. in, in like an amphitheater. What uh, what year did you see them? Uh, they were doing Family Values. Oh wow! Um, but Limp Bizkit didn't come up, and Ramstein didn't come up. It was just Orgy and Incubus and Corn. Uh, yes, Orgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going. I was yeah, talking about I... the podcast a bunch of times. I, I was very afraid. <laughs> <laughs> totally into the music yeah yeah um i would have loved to have gone to those any of those like kind of family values or any of like the 90s corn shows like i i regularly check out like the is it woodstock 99 oh, yeah. that was my birthday On, i was having a birthday really? party at a shout out to laura hogue and her wonderful family uh for letting me uh I was underage and we were having a party <laughs> uh and that the night july uh, in july the woodstock show now if people research they'll figure out when my birthday is which i don't publicize is uh corn <laughs> <laughs> played and i think they played like seven eight nine at night and everyone was just having a great time and the radio was playing because buzz uh 99.9 the the radio station that we got here in montreal from burlington vermont uh was playing woodstock the whole night and fond memories that night it was a good night <laughs> yeah it, it looked like an, an incredible show and certainly a, a great night to, to have a birthday whether you were there or not but the, you know that that era of of corn is uh yeah it holds a special place in my heart you know i i wasn't into them then but like going back and watching the video is just like everything about it's just just so cool man i love it i'm a new metal child and new metal is back hard in in modern music now with bands like tetrarch um just just recently bloody wood came out which is an indian rap metal band in 2022 weird but it's good there's 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 i'll, I, I'll have to give it a listen it's been a it's been a hot minute since i've listened to any new metal i mean I, i've listened to like a little bit of the latest con album that came out a couple of weeks ago but New metal's good in my book, man. You know, it, it sounded great, and it was the golden era of productions as well. You know, like, what's not to like? And people are probably shouting at their... No, their, no, no. Whatever they're listening no, they to know, this they, on, they, but, know, they, they know that I like... I'm a new metal child, and, you know, Tala is exciting. Another very cool up-and-coming um, new metal band doing a lot of really cool stuff. There's a lot of cool things coming out and music is everything and we're allowed to like whatever we like. And if you, yeah, don't, yeah. if you don't want to listen to the rest of the episode, then you can turn it off now or you can hang out with us some more as we talk about your first show. Do you remember your first time on stage? Yes. So um, I was playing in. Oh, no. I do remember. So it was a talent show at the high school. So I think I was maybe 14 and we played i feel like we played one original but we also played i'm not okay by my chemical romance there you go there you go and i remember it very well like um our the guy who was playing drums literally just played 
the same beat throughout. <laughs> there was like no, I don't think there was any any fills or anything like that. Maybe the occasional accent, but like he just he wasn't a, a you know a musician's musician. He just he wasn't okay. He probably wasn't okay, man. But uh, yeah, he just powered through. Just rocking that four to the floor, baby. But yeah, that was my first show. And I remember it wasn't, it was maybe like a week or two before Christmas. And my parents got me a new amplifier. They got me a new Marshall for Christmas. And I was allowed to to showcase that at the talent show, mm. which made all the difference. Before, oh, you got it before Christmas. Even yeah, yeah, yes. before Christmas. Uh, I think I maybe was allowed to break it out for that show. And then it went back in the cupboard for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Were you ready? Were you prepared? I feel like I, I feel like I was. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think we maybe even managed to get a little guitar solo trade off in in that song as well. I'd I'd love to go back and see what that was was like. But uh, yeah, I think we we did as well as we could. I don't know who won the talent show, but it wasn't us. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I am very 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 grateful that when I started playing music, it was before the age of YouTube and the internet. So, so none of my early, early performances really exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of one of those where, yeah, of course, we, we'd be a little bit embarrassed by them. But at the same time, I'd love to just see it that moment in time and go back and, like, re- revisit it. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think as I was starting playing shows and playing in bands, that was maybe, like, just as youtube started to be a thing um and i feel like the first thing i watched on youtube was the through the fire and flames uh yeah. dragon Pass song. <laughs> so you wanted to figure out you wanted to figure out how to play it or you just wanted to watch and play it wanted to watch and play it like that was definitely like leagues above my my playing at the time and wanted to watch all the the silly guitar tricks in the in the solo sections amazing Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Back in 2016, you guys did something cool. You worked with my guitarist, Christian Donaldson. Yes. On uh, Illusory. Yes. Illusory. Illusory. Say it for me. Illusory. Yes. On illusory. Well, number one with an, with an I. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we did that one with him. So, so talk to me about your experience working with Christian Donaldson whenever I have people on the podcast that have worked with him. I always like to get a little glimpse into what a relationship, working relationship with it, with him is like as a band coming in because I really think that he is, you know, one of the best in the world and I would really want to showcase his talents as on the podcast as much as I can. Yeah, um, 
just to kind of echo that, I, I think he's he's the man. You know, he's um, he's just really easy to work with. He's a funny guy. He puts his own kind of spin on on what he's doing. You know, like to to give it a kind of a personal touch. But I guess the story with with how we ended up working with with Christian was. Um, when we so that was an EP and like we'd not like set out that Christian was going to do the mix so we were recording with um, John Brown who plays guitar in Monuments so he lives about an hour away from from where I live anyway and he just moved well he just moved to the area and so we were going to like record all the guitars. Um, and the vocals and the bass with him and then our drummer was going to do his drums um, in, in Austria where, where he lives so like we the drums were going to be done at the end so usually because of schedules drums come at the back for, for us so we'll you know we'll track to like the vinyl parts but not the actual final drum performance so we spent probably a little bit too long in tracking guitars and the vocals and um it basically came down to the end of it where brown was going on tour and we'd not finished and there was a few more bits to do and there was kind of we were butting heads on a couple of things and basically he was going away i think it was tour he was going away for a couple of months and it was a case of we want to get this done we want to get it mixed and you know that feeling of you're not rushing to release it but you just want to know it's it's all done and it's it's taken care of and in the end the schedules didn't work out because David still hadn't been able to record his drums and then um we said look we'll we'll finish with somebody else and Christine had been on our radar for, for quite a while um I remember probably some of the first productions I heard from him was the Beneath the Massacre EP that he did. Marinoir, so I think yeah. that yeah, that was the one after Sukov did. Well, that, that, that I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So he did that, and then when Christian did the EP, I was like, "He did this. It sounds it sounds killer." And then I remember the Neuraxis one, mm-hmm. the last Neuraxis album, mm-hmm. Asylum. Yeah. And I, Yes, I really liked the, the sound of that as well. And I think, I don't know if I'd spoke to Christian before I approached him, but like I got in touch and, um, you know, flat off the bat, he was just like, yeah, I really like your stuff, want to work with you. Um, so we, we sent it over and, you know, he, it was one of those, he booked a slot as you normally do. And sometimes there's a bit of, okay, when it gets to that date, is he actually going to start working on it? Or is there going to be a bit of, you know, is he juggling a few things? But it was honestly a seamless experience. And it was one of those where, like, he does a couple of different versions for you, which is always exciting because, you know, when you've got a democracy of, of, of different band members, it's like, well, I like version A and someone's like, I like B, etc. But, um yeah, it was just a really smooth process. And also, I was just like, yo, man, do you fancy doing like a guitar solo on this like instrumental song that we've got on there? And he was just like, yeah, sure. 
Well, I saw, he's like, he's like, I suck. I haven't played in forever. I know how he is there. I, he I think there was a spiel of that kind of nature. <laughs> and then it was like and, one take, and he's like, I did it. It's okay. It's, dude, it's okay. It, it sucks. was like, yeah. it, it was like a super tasteful, like <laughs> melodic shred not like you know over the top shred like I say really tasteful really kind of colorful and i was just like yeah this this guy's got it going on um <laughs> and then yeah we we finished it and then um i think it was maybe i can't remember what year it was that we we met at temple of boom but again like meeting him in in person was just like he's just a really really nice guy and i you know i think See, I got the vibe that you guys a, knew each other. Like, I got the vibe you guys had met and known each other before. No, he took me to... Where, where did we go? I mean, it's funny. He comes... Leeds isn't necessarily where I'm from, but let's say he came to my city and then he took me to some, like, brewery. And he was like, let's go here. And I was like, all right, sure, mate. And, like, he was just like, you know, like, oh, my God, they've got this. i got to try this. i got to try this. <laughs> and I think I maybe did indulge him with a couple of drinks. But... um yeah, he's like strikes me as the kind of guy that, you know, recording can be quite stressful. It can be quite like, you can be quite anxious. Some people going into the studio, and like he, he's probably the type of guy that you'd want to go and make a record with because he's really chilled and on the ball, and you know, just makes you as as comfortable as possible to get the the best performance from you. So. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely recommend working with with Christian. And you know, it's it's great to see how much his his work has continued to step on over the last few years. And I like so many people were mad about the like in a good way the the, the Shadow of Intent um, album that he did because it sounds fucking awesome. So uh, yeah, cheers to you, Christian. Massive cheers to you, Christian Donaldson. You know I love you. Um, spicy question. Now, why haven't you gone back to it? We actually have. Ah, so okay. well, there we go. Well, it was for when we did our first album because um, we kind of done like a lot of EPs and like demos. But when we did the first album, um, like we'd it was one that we'd recorded all ourselves and it was taking forever and we wanted to put like a track out as a stop gap so like he mixed um we called it like a demo version of a song called the organic citadel and then um which sounds amazing and then we'd we'd already lined up sukov to do the full album and then like at the back end of that year when we'd finished everything sukov then um mixed the album but I would totally go back to to Christian. I think for us, it's just I quite like experiment with different people and and just seeing what what comes out. And you know, because we're like we're serious about the music and the sound of the music, but because we're not like a, a full time touring band, like when it comes to recording, that's our time to like try and just mix it up. So. You know, for what we do next, I, I don't know what our plans are, but I totally wouldn't rule out working with him. You should do it. He's the best. You know it. But I do understand experimenting and trying new things. But I've been with my wife for 20 years, so who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Upheaval. It came out uh-huh. on September 24th uh, via Prosthetic Records. Um, pandemic release. We won't dig too much into that, but you didn't really get a chance to to promote it, to tour it, uh, to get out there because of the pandemic. I am curious if you could choose a dream tour. I love this question. The perfect, perfect package 
for Cognizance to be like a three-band bill. You guys are opening. Put If you could pick two bands on top of you to put Cognizance in front of the perfect crowd so that when you leave that night and they leave that night, everyone is a new fan. What bands would those be? Good question. Uh, I would probably say, I mean, you know, having to be like relevant to a crowd that would would get, you know, higher tempo, more technical music. I would probably say Cannibal Corpse and Necrophagist. I think that would be that would be a good one. And I would, uh, if I died a week after tour, I'd probably die quite a happy man. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone's waiting for that new Necrophagist album, right? So... Yeah, yeah, we we can we can dream, and I love the and I love all the the Chinese whispers about it. Like I've I've worked with uh, Remain, who was like the most recent drum. I've worked with him a couple of times, and like you know, you always kind of want to pick his brain but at the same time. Like this guy must be fucking sick to death of people messaging him coldly on on Facebook, just saying so, when's it coming out? So. Like I think <laughs> when's that new album? <laughs> Hey, when's that new album coming out, bro? Block. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I don't blame the guy. Uh, second, spicier question. Uh, you, you've mentioned your stomach quite a few times. Uh, I am curious if you want to open up a bit more about it. And then touring with a condition such as that, is it something that hinders your touring? Um, is it difficult on tour? If you feel like talking about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the first thing is for for us as a band, we don't really tour. Like, um, as I say, very serious about churning out regular music, which we're probably quite quick at doing. Um, But in terms of like playing live, I mean, it's kind of like our drummer lives in a different country, which doesn't really change that much, but he's... Not, not anymore, David's not the way it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, not, maybe not so much, but we all just have, like, normal full-time jobs, and it's like, I, I, touring's cool, but for me, the passion really lies with making, creating music, and just putting releases out, and I think if it was, like, a more straightforward kind of, like type of music to play and we were all closer together and things like we would play a lot more than we do but i think at the moment especially like you said everything that's going on it it puts a strain on being able to do that so we're hopefully playing um the uk tech fest this summer um but we will we will have to see fingers crossed because we've not been able to get in a room and jam together for a good few years now um so we'll see in terms of my stomach, like, um, basically with that, like, I'm more or less fine now, but like, I think it was as I started university, so I was like 20, um, I would just feel sick and be sick like all the time, mainly when I woke up on the morning and, you know, the classic joke of, oh, morning sickness, blah, blah. But literally like I would drink, um, I would have like a few sips of water and then I'd just be sick straight away. And I wouldn't be able to like eat anything. I just feel horrific. And this went on like I saw various different specialists. I had to have pretty much every procedure, investigative procedure that you can imagine I had to have done. And you know, some of those very the record invasive. people very invasive. are not very nice. Yeah. Are not nice at all. 
You know, there's there's one that goes in the back door. That's not pleasant, but let's be real. The nastiest one is when it's going down here. Oh my God. Like, hmm. yeah, it's it's it really is hell on earth having an endoscopy. So I've had a few of those, but ultimately they could never, they could never get down to what, what the problem was. And um, the weirdest one that I had, which is kind of like my, when someone's like, tell me an interesting fact about you, this procedure is, is the interesting fact. So I had to have this one done called a gastric emptying, which what they, what they do is you, uh, you're at the hospital all day and you go first thing in the morning and you eat a, um, you eat a scrambled egg that's got like a radioactive isotope in it. And what you what happens is they then just scan you stand in this big machine like every hour or two hours and they just watch you go through your digestion your digestive system and see how long it takes and see what it's doing um and again I, from memory I don't think they found anything there either and then over time it just it got more manageable. I'd have like weeks where I'd feel fine and then it'd come back. And I just started to be really careful about looking at foods that would trigger it. And certainly things like alcohol, I was just like, well, that's probably something that I should stay away from. And I do remember doing a tour. Actually, I was I was filling in uh, on guitar for a, a band from Newcastle called uh, Exes for Eyes. And I remember doing tour with them not long after I fell ill and I just got put on this this new medication and I left it at home and like an idiot and I was so ill during it I felt so rotten manner that like uh that was bad so I think if I was to tour again and I was feeling like that it'd just be an outright no because nausea is one of those things dude that like for me, when I feel really nauseous, I just can't do anything. Even laying there is horrible, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm more or less fine now. Um, but yeah, it was uh, definitely a rough period um, in my life, I would say. But it could be much worse, you know. It really, really could be. So I'm, I'm grateful it wasn't anything serious. Mm, absolutely, and I'm, I'm happy that you're feeling better than that. That's would be a horrible, horrible situation. I would never want to feel like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So. And to go through all of the procedures and not really getting any answers is, is extremely frustrating as well. Yeah, it always was. Like you'd, it's kind of one of those where like doctors, they're just looking for patterns, and they're, you know, you go in with a mild concern, and they'll they'll probably find something that you weren't expecting. But this case, they they just cons like consistently would find nothing, and I was just like, oh, dude, and it makes you question. It's like, am, am I crazy? Is it really? <laughs> yeah, am I? Am I like <laughs> ill? But I'm like, you know, neurologically yeah. unwell. Mm -hmm. You know that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, very very grateful to, to feel myself again. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. Cheers to that. Without any beer. Yeah, cheers, man. <laughs> I love creating collabs. I do it with beer. I released thirty five beers last year. Uh, I've made tea with Cryptopsy. I've made coffee with Cryptopsy. I, I love these. They're so exciting. Uh, what would be a great collab for Cognizance? Obviously, it's not a beer because it doesn't make sense for you. If it could be anything, what would you do? Anything that's something that you love, you know? So I think I might be outnumbered in the band. So if, <laughs> if there was something on the table, 
the the chaps would certainly be pushing for a beer i i would imagine because those guys i mean like are just normal drinkers so that would be one coffee would be the the obvious choice you know a, a cognizance coffee would uh would be a, a nice blend let's put it that way um <laughs> <laughs> Call it co- uh, coffeezins. Coffeezins. Co- yeah, you sell millions, you know. <laughs> you just need a, a nice smart marketing jingle or maybe a nice cognizance cologne. You know, that, <laughs> that, that nice could also be metal. a good one. No one's made a cologne yet, I don't think. We need like a corpse grinder, a corpse grinder uh, <laughs> musk. Yeah, that's it. But you don't want it to be a, 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 a show musk. A wetain musk. <laughs> Because <laughs> a lot of people to the untrained eye, they'd be like, "That's just bottled body odor, surely." That's <laughs> just rotting corpses. The Watain one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The smell of death. You know, something like that. That's but, a good uh, idea. They should sell that. That's a good idea. <laughs> there we go. We're, we're just kind of free flowing ideas. Here. Eric, Eric. I'm going to write Eric after this. But uh, <laughs> um, I am interested. Uh, <laughs> Well, I have one last question. Sorry, I'm still thinking about the the, the Watain cologne. Uh, one last question. We'll wrap this up. Classic Vox and Hops wrap-up question. Uh, probably doesn't happen to you very often because you don't drink very much. Uh, so let's turn it around. I typically ask what your hangover cure is, uh, but you're not typically hungover because when you were young, you were pouring it out, pretending to drink as much as everyone else. And now That's you- our secret, though, man. <laughs> and everyone else is now. But... <laughs> but I would love to know what you do with all this extra time since you don't have hangovers. Well, Pete, I, I would probably just say I would still have a big sleep through it despite not having um, a, a hangover as, as such. So I'm, I would say I've definitely become more of a night owl. So usually I just probably linger in bed anyway. And, you know, a lot of people with hangovers like a, a greasy fry up in, in the UK. And I would certainly still partake in that. Um, yeah, I would say a nice sleeping, a nice uh, a nice fry up or breakfast of some description and probably some some TV in bed, man. That's that's what I would go for. I love it. I love it. Alex, thank you so, so much hanging out with me, talking about your life, talking about music, talking about uh, a little bit about beer, but that's okay. Um, I had a blast. I'm glad that we got to reconnect uh, for the first time in quite some time. So it uh, makes me very happy to catch up with friends that I've met on the road and then finally have a chat on the podcast after so long. It makes me very, very happy. Uh, everyone go check out uh, Upheaval, the newest Cognizance, September 24th, Prosthetic. And if you can go... Go check out that Tech Fest, which is happening at the end of June, early July. Uh, the lineup is incredible. Uh, I'm going to say massive cheers to you, Alex. This was lots of fun. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much, man. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. This was a great, great chat. I was so, so stoked when we joined the Zoom meeting and it was Alex that was there because I knew him and we got to chat about that. It was great to dig in deep about Christian Donaldson. I love, love, love talking to artists that have worked with him. So I always do that and I always like to promote Christian Donaldson. He's one of the best producers out there. And if you're looking to get your stuff mixed or mastered, you should absolutely check out Christian Donaldson. Massive cheers to Alex for hanging out with me. 
This was a blast. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You could do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive two emails a month that will contain all of the details of everything that has been happening in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You'll get to see which episodes I've dropped recently. You'll get to see which episodes I got coming up. You will get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently. And you'll also get to see which albums Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist, which is available on both Apple Music and Spotify. There's just so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast. I would hate for you to miss a single thing. So sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hospital podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a glorious weekend. I will be back next week with two episodes, one on Tuesday and another on Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.